everyone. Welcome to episode number 161 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, I'm super excited because all month long, we are talking about mastering our messaging when it comes to social media marketing. And specifically in today's episode, we're going to dive into some Facebook ad combos and talk all about that, which I know you're excited about. But if you want to learn more about mastering your messaging, check out our free course. You can find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash free, that's F-R-E-E, and you'll get a little taste of what our membership is like. And we have a whole section in there about messaging and marketing, which I know you'll love if you haven't done it already, definitely check it out. Um, All right, so today's guest is the lovely Emily Hirsch. She is a digital marketing strategist, CEO and founder of Hirsch Marketing, creator of the Hirsch process. She works with influencers and game-changing entrepreneurs. When I say that, I think of like the podcast intro because that's exactly how you say it. (laughs) Game-changing entrepreneurs to grow their business generate revenue using cutting edge marketing strategies. Y'all are going to love this. Pull out your pen and paper. We're going to dive deep. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I feel slightly fangirl moment, (laughs) Um, but talk to us about your journey. How did you get started with Facebook ads to begin with? Yeah. So I started my company about six years ago and actually started as a virtual assistant, which is what threw me into the online world of a lot of our clients now selling digital courses or their coaches, one-on-one services, all things digital, um, which I didn't know existed before, you know, six years ago. And then for those clients, I started doing Facebook ads. And so that was the beginning of my journey. And then got so booked out just doing Facebook ads and started building my team about four years ago. I have, I think we're at 26 or seven employees and over 50 clients on our roster. So it's grown quickly and been a wild ride. But once I got into Facebook ads, it was like, this is my thing, you know, and not just ads, but marketing and the psychology behind it and the customer journey and everything. I just absolutely love it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I may have to have a sidebar with you because I'm at 10 employees and 20 clients and I am... (laughs) I am excited for growth, but also like low key hesitant to go bigger than this. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, But for those people who are pre-ads, because I know in in a podcast, you recently talked about kind of like the different stages of getting into ads and kind of like the difference between, you know, using your time to market your business and using your money to market your business. So can you talk to us a little bit about that strategy? Yeah. So a lot of people ask me like, when should I start ads and and when is the right time? And, you know, at a certain point, you really do have to weigh your time versus money. And in, in my opinion, organic marketing is very time intensive. You have to show up, you know, very consistently and you have to post a lot and, and that's great, but then you're going to hit a ceiling at some point where you're kind of reaching the same people over and over again. And then paid ads allows you to reach more people faster. And it's really all dependent on the budget that you choose to spend, right? I could spend $3,000 and reach more people than I would with $500. And so paid ads is that amplifier and that kind of, it speeds things up, right? And so if you have the investment, that's a great choice. Obviously you want to have the foundations. I always say paid ads amplify what you already have. So they will not save you if you're like, 
I'm not selling anything. I don't know who my customer is. I don't know who my offer is. Paid ads probably won't be the best solution because they're just going to amplify that unknown that you have. But if you're at a place where you're like, my growth is slow, I have an offer, I know who my customer is, paid ads could be an awesome way for you to just speed up your growth in that trajectory in your business. Yes, I love that. And I often say that it's the fuel to the fire. You got to have a little flame first. Otherwise, you're just wasting gasoline. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I think that there is this romantic side to paid ads that I often find that we have to educate on as marketers because the heyday of Facebook ads where you could put in a dollar and get out a hundred, not so much these days. That is gone. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of us, you know, getting started into investing into paid ads, what are some of the steps we should consider? And I'm going to guess it has to do a little bit with messaging first? Yes. Am I right? Okay. Yeah. You know, you must know me <laughs> and what I say. Yes. Before you dive into paid ads, I kind of hinted at it. It'll amplify what you have. And so the number one thing I feel like I'm saying to our students, to our clients all the time is the answer is often in your messaging, because a lot of times people don't have in-depth understanding of their ideal customer and how to attract them and how to write, whether it's ad copy or the actual title of a webinar or your opt-in, whatever, all of that comes down to messaging and understanding and attracting your ideal customer, which if you don't have that in place, paid ads will just amplify, you know, that broken foundation. The first step to paid ads is making sure you have your, your messaging down and you don't have to have it perfect. Like probably you'll go run paid ads and you'll learn from, from the paid ads and you'll learn what people respond to and don't, but you do need to understand your ideal customer and feel like you can attract them with content and copy and creative that will stand out. Because like you said, the heyday of Facebook ads is over. So that means you know, it is more competitive. It is more expensive. And so the better messaging you have, the better success you're going to honestly have with your ads. Mm, Okay. So what makes good messaging? It's that deep, like it's knowing your ideal customer better than they know themselves and not just like, oh, they're this age and, and, you know, the demographic piece, but it's that emotional understanding of their fears, their frustrations, you know, their dreams. And that allows you to create copy really. And that connection to that customer. So can you attract them with that? And, you know, one thing I I have a lot of people do is I'm like, just go talk to your ideal customer. I want you to go ask them these questions because they're going to tell you the answer. And I think a lot of people struggle with talking to their ideal customer with language, their ideal customer uses. And we seem to overcomplicate it and like, we're an expert in one thing. So we say it this way. And I find myself often reading something, you know, that a student is asking for feedback. And I'm like, would you want this? Like, if you read this on Facebook, like, is that, would that attract you? Or is, does it sound like everything else out there? Um, I recently had someone say, you know, the problem I solve is I save time and money. And I'm like, who doesn't want to save time and money? Like, how is that going to, going to attract somebody to your brand? You've got to go deeper. You've got to take it three levels deeper. Yeah. Oh, do you have like another example of what that three levels deeper looks like? Cause I feel like it is oftentimes I want to help people make money or save money or make more time or save time. And it's like, isn't that 
isn't that what everybody wants? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So usually I just say, why I keep asking them why, like, okay, why do they want to save time and money? And then let's say their industry is, you know, busy moms because they want more time with their kids. Why do they want more time with their kids? Are they going to feel guilty? Are they, you know, going to bed at night feeling like they couldn't do everything? Like why, why keep asking why and go to those, those new levels of, yes, they want to save time and money. Why do they want to do that? What are the repercussions if they don't do that? literally like it sounds so cliche, but staying up at night thinking about what's that anxiety they have of where they're failing, where they're not doing something right. So oftentimes by challenging ourselves and saying, why, why, why we can get there, but also, you know, talking to your ideal customer allows you to use the language they'd use because sometimes we overcomplicate what somebody would say. And, you know, they never use that language because you're an expert in whatever you do. And then the way you say it is not what your ideal customer would resonate with. Yes. Okay. So as an introvert, I get a little bit nervous about talking to like random people, um, for the introverts that are listening, do you have any hacks for talking to our ideal clients without being like a fumbling mess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, me too. I'm an introvert too. And the first time someone told me to do that, I was like, that sounds terrible. Like getting on zoom and talking to people and asking them questions honestly sounded terrible. And it turns out great, but like, I'm not going to say you're going to be excited about it, but I would challenge you to number one, do it. Like just do 10 interviews and just have the questions ready. They only need to be 20, 30 minute conversations and ask them basic, you know, usually what I would do is ask like, what are the struggles you have with, and then fill in the blank of your industry. So for me, it'd be marketing, right. Or Facebook ads for somebody else. It could be social media. It could be growing your business. It could be your health. And to just have questions around what would, you know, if tomorrow somebody could help you with your industry, what would you need? And just basic, like you're having a conversation with a friend. You don't want to overcomplicate it because you want their language they've used in a, in a regular conversation. So that's what I've done. I've literally done them myself actually in the last year because I, I get so much value out of them and they do sound terrible to me. And I always am like, I'm so glad I did that afterwards but I totally get that. I guess worst case, if that really freaks you out, you could try to do something in messenger with those questions and see the language somebody uses. But I do highly recommend the conversation because I've found also that you never know where that conversation is going to go. And you can be like, tell me more about that. Let's go deeper there. And it's just really, really powerful. Yes. Okay. I have not done this yet. And I feel like I need to <laughs> so, I just try yeah. it. Do 10. Like I was the same way. I'm like, Somebody told me and I'm in my head, like, that sounds like a waste of my time. I mean, I did this in the last year. I had, you know, a multi-million dollar company and I went and did it because it was that effective for our new program we launched a couple of years ago. Okay, good. I, I think that this is also great for those people who are just starting out and really struggling with the messaging because it's so easy to Google someone else in your niche and go, oh, yeah. this is how everyone is saying it. But you really have to dig deep into what your ideal client is saying. Yeah. Um, so once we start using this messaging and ads, how do we know if it's working? Like, what are some signals to us that it's actually resonating with a wider audience and not just the 10 people we talked with? Yeah. So with your ads, your ads is a lot messaging because there is targeting, but if you're targeting an audience that, you know, your ideal customer is going to be in that audience. Like for example, if you're in the online industry and you target Marie Forleo, they're going to be in that audience. Like that's just, you know, the standard audiences. So if you're not getting clicks on your ads, 
an engagement with your ads and you know you're targeting, you know, the right audiences, it's probably your messaging. So you, the actual messaging in your ads is going to decide if you're going to get clicks to wherever you're sending your ad to. And so basing that, you know, cost per click, which can range from 50 cents to $3, are you in that range or is it really high? That's the first place to go fix because obviously that's going to impact everything else after the ads. Now, I will also say sometimes messaging shows up in the actual way you're positioning what you're sending people to. So I usually tell people there can only be three problems with your ads. It's the messaging in your ads. It's the targeting that you have potentially, or it's the actual offer you're sending people to, which could mean not that people are always like, oh my gosh, I have to change what I'm selling. No, it could just be your webinar title. It could just be the positioning you have to that. Because if you feel like you've done great messaging, if you feel like you're targeting the right audience and you're still not getting clicks, then we need to look at the actual title and positioning of what you're sending people to because messaging absolutely shows up there as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. We just went through this earlier this year with one of our new programs where the first time we launched it, bang out success. And then we did some changes to the ads and it was like a huge flop. We didn't even change the webinar itself, which we call workshops, same thing. Um, We just changed the name of it. And like suddenly everyone was like, no, we're not interested. So we went back to what was working. And it's so interesting how people react to different things just based on the words that you use, right? So I, I definitely see that. So, so powerful. So as we are starting to use these messages that work, Tell me more about like, how do you double down on ads? Like, okay, so we've got an ad, it's running, it's working. What are some of the things we should consider as we're trying to grow and scale? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is is knowing your numbers throughout the entire process. So you have an ad every time, like sometimes numbers overwhelm people, but you just need to think of them as every action you want someone to take, there's a number attached to that. So clicking on your ad, there's a number getting to that page you send them to, you know, what's that landing page conversion? How many people who get there take action? What's the cost of that action? And then, you know, they go to your webinar and you want to sell them something. What's that conversion? So knowing those numbers, that's how you double down on ads because you're either A, finding where an issue might lie, where people are getting stuck because your conversion is dropped there, or you have justification to spend more money because it's working, because you're at least breaking even if not profitable and you wanna get more volume in. And then as you increase your budget, does it break somewhere? And do you need to go put attention to that spot? So your numbers is everything because that should guide you being able to look at the strategy and say, here's where my problem is, or I don't have, you know, I don't have a problem. Yes, I could do things better. We can always improve our marketing, but I have justification for spending more. And you just keep monitoring that as you increase that budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things too, that we often come across in ads is that even if you have the right messaging and you're nailing it and it's working great, it stops working after a certain point. You got to refresh, refresh yep. the ad creative. Yes. That's what I keep hearing with my team. Got to refresh. So do you have any, like any comments or any suggestions for when that happens and how to approach a situation like that? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, one thing I'm asked all the time, like, what are you seeing, you know, online? And I think 
that in the last year, that's become one of the biggest things is the need to, to refresh so often. Like Facebook, sometimes you can have the same audiences and just have a new, new creative versions, ad copy or images, and instantly the cost is down. So it, you, you really have to do it. You know, some of our clients, it's every week. It depends on your budget. But at least once a month, you're you're refreshing that creative. It's probably more like a couple of times a month. It, again, depends on the budget. Now, you're going to know if that's the case, if your ad costs start to go up. And that cost per click, you know, there's a lot of ad metrics, but for sake of simplicity, cost per click is, is one of the big ones you can look at. And so if you were paying, let's say, a dollar, and then next week it's gone up to $3, let's just start with refreshing your creative and go there. And, and that could mean, you know, a new video that you create or a new image or a different angle of your ad copy. There's a balance between, you know, I think it's confusing for people because they're like, I still haven't reached everybody in the audience. Like, why is my creative saturating or whatever? It's also Facebook, like Facebook's algorithm wants the fresh creative and so they're going to reward you when you do that with lower cost per impression, which impacts your cost per click. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Facebook for a sec because we're recording this in May, 2021. They recently just updated a bunch of things and you know, this is my job. So I love that I could do this, but also Facebook is starting to feel like one of those toxic boyfriends who are like (laughs) trying to gaslight you a little bit. I feel like anyways, I would love to get your opinion on some of these changes and recent updates, because it does feel like it's making it more challenging for the business owner. And I understand that they're trying to be more transparent for the end consumer, which is great as well. But I'd love to get your perspective on all of yeah, this as well. This is like my favorite topic right now. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it's the with the iOS updates and everything that's happening, I truly believe we're in a new era of of digital marketing where privacy is a priority. And that's going, you know, that's like you said, great for the consumer, but it's going to impact marketers because less pri- more or more privacy equals less data for us. And that's the reality. And, and the thing with the iOS updates too, is you see a lot of like, it's impacting Facebook heavily because it's the biggest social media site and advertising platform, but it's going to impact every advertising platform, TikTok, Pinterest, all of them with iOS updates are going to be impacted, you know, Google ads too. So my take on it is one, it sucks. So let's all like, just say that. Yes, it does suck. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. It's definitely caused, you know, stress and annoyance to our team, but we can complain about it or we can figure out how to navigate through it. And that's kind of my take is this is the new reality and it's not going away. It's probably going to actually get a little bit worse. And so until there's a bigger social media platform out there, which arguably there may never be because Facebook has massive control over everything and just buys it out if there is one. This is like the reality. And I think that with everything that's changed, the true foundation of marketing is still true. And that is amazing messaging, like we've been talking about, and a great strategy, attracting that audience with a great offer, you'll still be successful. You just, you know, I think these updates, because ad costs have gone up, because it's a little bit harder, highlights the businesses who are lacking in their foundational components because there's not as much room for that. Whereas four years ago, I mean, you could throw up a landing page. It could really be kind of not great and you could still be successful because ad costs were so cheap. You can't do that anymore. And that's kind of the reality is you're being pushed to either step up or get out in my opinion. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. This reminds me so much of my thoughts on the algorithm and how people hate the algorithm. Like the algorithm will reward great content. Yeah. So it's not the algorithm. Maybe it's you. I don't know. Maybe it's so funny because my recent (laughs) webinar was it's not Facebook. It's you. (laughs) Is what I said. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's so true. It's something we don't want to hear as business owners, but it is so true. So as we're looking into the future of Facebook ads, we, you know, oftentimes on this podcast, there's a lot of people who listen, who are either doing this for themselves or their clients, or they're looking to outsource. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the things we should look for as those people who are listening are looking to hire someone to take over their paid ads, or even if they're thinking about, you know, doing it for clients, what are some of the questions we should consider as we're, especially from the messaging perspective, how do you make sure someone is asking the right questions and putting the right ads out there for you? Yeah. I mean, I think a big thing is how um, proactive, either if it's you or if it's someone you're hiring is, because like I said, the need to be on top of refreshing creative and willing to go deep with the angles is really critical. And so if, if you're, let's say you're hiring someone and you ask them like, how often do you refresh creative or when do you refresh creative? And they don't have a good answer about how often or I, you know, I start to refresh creative when I see this cost go up, kind of like I was saying, like they should know that those triggers, that's a huge point of, of, you know, that. And I see a lot when I observe people running ads, usually the lack of like urgency and proactiveness and taking action when things start to slip is one of the biggest problems because you don't have time to be like, I wonder if the cost is going to get, go back down on its own. It's like, as soon as the cost starts to go up, you need to be on it or already have new creative ready to go, new strategy, whatever you need to do. And that's the one thing that, you know, with Facebook ads is, is that constant urgency that's become like staying on top. I feel like things are sometimes changing by the day. So you need, you know, somebody who's willing to stay on top of that and, and be super proactive with that is, is what you're looking for. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was joking with a client how I feel like with all of the changes in social media in the past year alone, I've gotten like a full PhD in social media. Like it's just so much information. I'm constantly studying it. And then they change it the next day. Right. Yeah. So you either need to stay on top of that yourself or hire someone who can. Yeah. It's a full-time job y'all. So hire, hire someone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I'm curious about your own approach to social media, um, specifically in um, getting more agency clients, because I do find that with myself in the agency that I run, my best clients aren't interested in social media. I'm not going to find them through an ad. I'm not going to find them on organic. It's all about relationship building. So I'm curious, have you seen anything different on your end? Um, I'd love to just have that conversation. Yeah. So, um, our high level agency clients, I, I agree. I think most come from my, my podcast, honestly. Um, I, I think that it's, that's an amazing way to grow those relationships and kind of have that intimate connection with people. Um, and my podcast drives my social media content. So my take on, you know, high level clients, and I've gone back and forth with this over the last couple of years, because I agree, like a lot of times it's hard to pin it down because usually our high level clients will have multiple touch points, be on our list for a while, be listening to my podcast and then become a client. 
So I still believe consistency on social media is important because if you're going after high level clients, you don't want to have a social media page where you haven't posted in a year, right? That's not going to look good. So sometimes you do things in marketing to have that consistency and you don't necessarily know exactly the payoff of that social media you know, consistency, but it is there just in, in and of itself that you're consistent. So I stay consistent on, on all my platform or Facebook and Instagram are my core platforms, but my podcast is the driver of all of it. And I absolutely do get high level clients from my podcast. Um, and we do get some from ads and, but most go into our done with you program. I do spend quite a lot of, on ads to, to drive leads, but I, I agree like the higher level clients don't necessarily always come from ads, but also we have clients with high tickets. So I think it depends on the messaging, <laughs> you know, how are you attracting them? Cause if it's, it, if it's an interesting enough topic, a million dollar business owner will sign up for that training or that whatever you're putting out there. So the messaging and then the strategy, the, the journey, right? A very business or busy high level business owner probably won't come to a five day challenge. So that would be a bad strategy for them, you know? So those pieces kind of taking into consideration your customer um, is great. And we've done that, you know, with our webinars, or I've done private podcast launches that was to get high ticket clients. So there's ways um, to do it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just love geeking out about this with other business owners as well, because it's such a fascinating topic, which I do want to come back to the private podcast um, angle because your name has popped up a few times with that strategy. But one question I want to ask you is your own approach to social. You know, you talked about staying consistent on social media. Talk to me about the boundaries with that, specifically sharing like your personal life and things that are happening in the world around you. I know it's a question that we get a lot here yeah. on the podcast and in the school. So what's, what's your own rules for that? Yeah. Um, so I'm probably one, a more extreme. I might surprise you. So I have no social media on my phone and I, my team runs all of it. And our main strategy is my podcast drives all of it. And then my social media manager and I meet once a month where she basically interviews me. So she asks me like, what challenges are you facing personally in the business? And so that way, I hope my content seems like I wrote it and it's an accurate representation of what's going on now for me. But I, um, yeah, I took social media off almost a year ago and then I put it back on a little bit. It's definitely an addiction, so I'm not perfect <laughs> on it. But I prefer to be fully off of it myself. And that's one reason I love ads is because you can be very consistent every single day and show up for an audience and not have to be, you know, posting stories and all that. I did make a decision at the beginning of this year where I told my team, like, I'm just not, I'm not showing up on social media like every day I'm, and recording my whole day. Like, I'm just not going to do it. It might impact us, but I'm not. And so I'll have intentional time that I get on to network or, you know, message people. And it's usually on my desktop. I don't have it on my phone unless I need to download it to record something on Instagram, because sometimes that's easier. So I have pretty strict boundaries because for me, um, my kids and my time with my kids is why I do everything. And so there's nothing that comes, you know, more important than that. And so when I'm not working, I'm fully not working. And because I live and breathe Facebook and social media, like I, when I'm working, I have to fully separate it when I'm not. Yes. No, I am 100% with you. Um, I still have it on my phone, but I don't have any notifications. So yeah. the weekends, evenings, if I want to, I can check, but I'm not getting distracted by an Instagram DM. Like I just don't have the time. I would literally be working constantly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 
insane. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about this private podcast because you are kind of a forerunner in this space. A lot of people reference yours as an example. I just recently signed up for Hello Audio. I'll put the link in the description to do a private podcast just for my members. Um, But what kind of sparked that idea to do such an, an initiative? Yeah. So the founder of Hello Audio is my good friend. Um, so she like introduced me to audio, like, you know, this idea of private podcast feed and I loved it. Um, and so honestly, it started because of, of the continued questioning of how do we attract those higher level clients? And I put together, you know, well, my high level clients listen to my podcast, they consume audio, like that's their number one way of consuming content. So why not just take the concept of a webinar, but deliver it via audio? And so that's what we did. You know, you opted in just like you would a webinar to get access to the private podcast feed. And then we've done, uh, we're going to be doing another, it'll be our fourth in June, where we treat it like a series. And so there's three episodes, they release on certain days, they're only available until X amount of time. The episodes are about 20 minutes each. So it's the length of a webinar spread out over three days in actionable content. Um, and I pitch in each one to our application. So it started with how can we deliver content that better serves my audience? And audio came up because I know myself, I don't attend webinars, but I do listen to podcasts and I do listen mm-hmm. to audiobooks. And so it's been really great. It, it worked. It, did, it does attract the high level clients, especially when we choose the right topics. We've played with some different ones um, and it converts better than a webinar usually. We like to do it quarterly so that it's like a big event versus constantly running it. You could do either, um, but I love it. And I also personally love delivering content via audio. So it's actually easier than a webinar. Yes, I agree. I find webinars to be so much pressure to like perform live. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, they are. I, I I do love webinars. But also with audio, you don't have to like get your makeup on. Like you don't have to like care about how you look. And so that's really nice too. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think it'll be interesting for our users as well. And I'll definitely put the link to Hello Audio. They're doing some amazing things with their the company and I just yeah. love it. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, I do want to talk to you about your ads Intel um, insider PDF that I just love receiving every month. Yeah. It's every month anymore, but I, okay. It's every month when I get it, I'm like, I feel like I'm snooping into all of the best information and it's like all of the current happening. So talk to us about what it is and how the listeners can grab it for themselves. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you feel like that. That's the goal with it. Yeah. So we have a a monthly report that we put out that basically features, you know, what, what's working on Facebook, what has changed. We show top converting ads all different categories. So webinar, lead gen, retargeting sales ad, and then we feature a strategy to, to kind of share, you know, with, with you, if it's relevant to your business. So it's really that like front lines insider information every month. So the last couple of months, we've had a ton about iOS. We just had one go out and it's so much about the iOS and it's written by the content comes straight from our ads managers of what they're seeing on the front lines. And so I think that's why it's, it's that, that level of Intel it's, there's no fluff. <laughs> it's yeah. straight, you know, to the point. Um, yeah. So you can get access to it at notforlazymarketers.com slash ads Intel. And then we just send it out every month to that list. Yeah, definitely grab it. I'm putting the links in the show notes. 
y'all don't miss out on this because it's some amazing information and it really informs you on what's possible with ads as well, which I think is the, like, it gives you a realistic view of ad costs and it can help like an informed mind can make a better decision. So definitely check that out. Uh, Where else can we hang out with you online, Emily? Where, what, what steps should anyone who's listening take? Yeah. So my website, hirschmarketing.com on there, I do have a podcast that comes out twice a week called the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast. So if you like podcasts, I'd assume if you're listening to this, you do, you can hang out with me there. Um, And then we have, you know, our application, I've got a membership site. All of that information is on my website. Yes. Check out all of the links. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. And for those of you listening, if you love the show, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. We have been in the top 100 marketing podcasts for like the past year and a half. And that's because of you for listening. So thank you so much. Leave your thoughts there. Coming up next week, we are talking about outsourcing and diving deeper into this conversation of outsourcing your social media, when to do it, why to do it, how to do it. All of the juicy details will be in that episode and I'll see you then. Bye for now.